God, I pray for a divine order to fall in this house. A divine order that keeps all disorder and discord at the bays that won't even make it to the street of Beachmont. I pray for your covering. I pray for self-esteems to be lifted up so that people won't have to beckon for attention. I pray that God annihilates the selfish spirit in the house, the need to be seen, the need to be heard, the need to be the leader, the need for accolades and hand claps. Lord, I pray for you to deal with even the spirit that may be in me so that it may trickle down in this house so that when we come in here for worship, everyone is on one accord. Everyone is able to hear God clearly, to see your spirit and understand your spirit, to know when to speak, to know when to be silent, to know when to stand, to know when to sit down. to know when to comfort, to know when to rebuke. I pray for a divine order in this house right now in the name of Jesus. I command it right now in the name of Jesus. No demonic spirit shall take over this house. No demonic spirit of neediness will take over worship. It shall be still. Peace shall be still in this house. It shall be still. Demonic spirit, do not run this house. It will not. I command you to be still. To find peace in order to find peace in submission. No more spirits of discord will run amok in this house ever again. No matter how subtle you may be, I shall cut you off in the name of Jesus. If you would, if you would, turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. 1 Samuel chapter 16, Verses 1 through 7. There is a spirit that I need us to walk in. That, this, ain't, this ain't got nothing to do with my message. But there's a spirit of authority that we've got to begin to walk in in these end times. And if we don't, the church is done. It's too much stuff out there that's bold. You got folks walking around here, I'm black, I can't say I'm white. Nobody going to accept me, even though my name is Willard. But I can say I'm a chicken going to a bathroom, I'm a woman. I feel like a girl today. There's a spirit of boldness that the church has got to learn how to walk in. Because we've lost our saltiness. And what good is salt? without his saltiness. 
That's not the message for today, but I need to awaken some giants that have been sleeping in the house for far too long because the church has lost its saltiness and we got to begin to stand on what we need to stand on. Anyway, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. Fill me up, Lord. Sixteen verses one through seven. And it says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing thou have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto him, me, him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Lord, please bring me a word for your people for this hour. Allow me to go through it the way you would have me navigate through it. Allow me not to try to navigate it the way I want and see fit, but allow me to allow the Spirit to move like a running stream of water. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 It remind me to say something about young people at the end. I want to speak to you from the subject, let it go. Look to your neighbor and say, let it go. I'm going to read verse 1 one more time. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thy horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Let it go. Picture this situation, a king sitting on the throne, ruling over a nation and a people he had governed for so long. But unknown to him in the background, in some secret place, a distant way, some boy was being secretly anointed to replace him. 
a young boy who was supposed to become the future king. And, and the plot thickens because not only is this young boy is about to become king, he's about to be working for you in your palace. Unaware that he's anointed to be the king. What a picture of high drama. You want some drama? You ain't got to watch the younger the rest. Just read your Bible. This dramatic story unfolded in the present chapter of God's holy word. Because of disobedience, King Saul was destined to be removed as king of Israel by the hand of God's judgment. But the work of God among the Israelites and upon the earth was to go on and to carry on the work of God. God had chosen a young boy who had a heart after God's own heart. Ah, oh, man, the young boy was supposed to become the future king from the day of David's secret anointing to the end of Saul's life. David would be a threat to Saul's claim to the throne. And Saul would seek to kill David again and again. This drama is played out in the remaining chapters of this book of 1 Samuel. This story is, is a story of David's secret anointing and his service in Saul's court. And the mission of Samuel right now, God has told him, arise and go anoint the king. And, and, and specifically, find somebody after my own heart. And in fact, he had talked about David even in, in chapter 13, verse 14 and 15, 28, that I found somebody better than Saul. Oh, wow. He said, look here, I need you to go deliver this message to Jesse's sons and let them know I, I found a king in the house. And, and Samuel said, hold on, God. I, I hear you, bro. But, you know, I know you up there in heaven, but you a long way away from here. Uh, if, if I go anoint this boy as king or whoever you telling me to anoint, Saul going to find out and he going to want to kill me. Look, look here, dude. I know I, I get it. You're scared. Look, go here. Take a heifer with you and, and go say you're making a sacrifice. And it won't seem weird because back then, if you look in Deuteronomy chapter 21, sometimes the priest would be like uh, the first 48, if you, if you will. They, if there was a murder or unsolved mystery in the city, they would go there and bring a sacrifice to make sure they atone for the sins of the unsolved murder or cold case, if you will. So, so they said, did you come in peace? And, and when they saw Samuel step on the scene, they said, did, do you come in peace? Because we, we don't know nothing about no missing children today. We, we don't know what's going on. So did, did I do something? And they said, no, I came in peace. I just came to sacrifice. Sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart, and I'm going to Jesse's house. And so he came, and, 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 and now the, the amazing thing is Samuel didn't want to go at first. And then God said, look here, how long will you mourn Saul knowing I rejected him? Oh, yeah. See, y'all missing the whole story. You're missing the whole story because the whole story, we always talk about how Goliath was killed and slain by David. But we don't go through the dichotomy that's going on in the mind of Samuel, who was a great prophet who God had chosen to tell him, I need you to go get Saul as king. And even though he heard God clearly, now God is saying, I unchose him. Have you ever done something from God and you knew it's from God and somehow God changed his mind? Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all missing me. I want to talk to some Christian folk that struggle understanding, is it God or me? 
Y'all yeah, yeah, don't understand. I, I don't know if anybody ever struggled with, can you hear the voice of God? Is it me? Is it God or is it devil? I, I don't know if you've ever had the little demon on one shoulder and the little angel on the other and you trying to figure out which one you're going to listen to. God says to Samuel, stop crying. I rejected him. And the reason why Samuel is mourning over, over, over Saul is because Samuel is the one that groomed Saul. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Samuel is the one that, that got the, the crust out of Saul's eyes. Come on, somebody. Samuel is the one that got Saul dressed to look like a king when he didn't look like a king before. He was tall, but he didn't look good. His tie didn't match his pocket square. Oh, yeah, y'all don't hear me. Oh, y'all don't hear me. He, he, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He, he, he could talk, but it, it didn't sound right until, I, until he told him how, 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 how to put a comma and, and periods in his sentences. Oh, yeah, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Samuel had sacrificed and put all his energy into Saul. And so now he's upset because now God, who you had me put all this energy into, Oh, come on, somebody. I done stayed up praying for him and praying for her. And now you tell me to just let it go? Oh, 11 o'clock, y'all got issues because 8 o'clock was a different sermon. Y'all got, yeah, y'all got some issues in here because 8 o'clock wasn't as quite as, it's out the gate. I took my time at 8 o'clock. I ain't had to go. I ain't even really deal with this. This wasn't even like, Ew. Deliver them, Jesus. <laughs> the guy, Jesus. Woo! <laughs> and so Samuel, Samuel didn't want to, to just let Saul not be king because he invested all of himself in Saul. And they heard the voice of God, and God had handpicked. Sam Saul to be the king but can I tell you that some people in your life are for a season oh y'all don't hear me oh y'all don't hear me I'm trying to talk to you some some jobs are for a season so some opportunities are for a season. Come on, somebody. Some, some careers are for a, a season. So some, some relationships are for a, a season. For a season, Saul ruled, and all of a sudden, God got tired and told Samuel, I don't want him no more. How long are you going to mourn? And I done rejected him. What are you mourning over that God has rejected? What job are you mourning over that, you, that God has rejected? What opportunity you missed that you, have, you are still mourning over that God has rejected? Rejected. I know a lot of us in COVID-19, we struggling because we feel like we didn't miss so many opportunities. But was it God who called you to miss them because they weren't the right fit for you? Oh, y'all yeah, don't hear me. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I'm trying to talk to somebody right now. Somebody need to hear what I'm saying because Saul looked apart. He looked head and shoulders above the rest. On paper, he looked good. He went to Yale. He went to Harvard. He went to Hampton University. Had to throw it in for Miss Bell to see get me. You, 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 you. He went to all these great schools and he was educated and he looked apart. But all of a sudden, God said, no, he ain't the one. 
What do you do when your blessing on paper looks good, but God says no? Oh, y'all don't hear me. I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm preaching a little differently today. I don't know what happened to me right now, but I just want to talk to somebody. What it happens when God rejects your blessing that looks good on paper? Oh, come on, somebody. Yeah, boy, she's a brick house. The finest handwork of God. <laughs> What happens when the resume that you like don't line up with God? Oh, oh y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. I, 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 I might well just throw this paper, this, this iPad away uh, because I don't, I don't even know where I'm at. I just want to talk to you for a minute. He wallowing in his grief all this time, but he said, Saul, not the one. I wanted him for a minute, but I don't want it no more. But can I tell you, can I, can, I, can I break this down for you and tell you why I believe that Samuel really was mourning? He was mourning because he felt like I'm the one that put Saul together. I'm the one that made Saul. I'm the one that found Saul when he had no job and sent him on the interview. I'm the one that found uh, uh, Solomina and, and gave her some high heel shoes. Uh, I, I'm the one... <laughs> And now that I done put him together, you about to send him somewhere else? Oh, y'all don't hear me. I'm talking to some women out here who going crazy. We got to get rid of y'all issues so y'all can find somebody. Don't look up here. I'm just somebody. <laughs> Make sure I get that disclaimer. <laughs> Cover myself. <laughs> I am not he. <laughs> He is not. Look. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> so, <laughs> hey. So, so he had put <laughs> Saul together, and that Saul has left. Can I tell you something? Stop getting mad because you feel like you done put somebody together because God may have used you for a small part in their life, but it was not you that put them together, girl. It was not that you put them together, sir. It was God himself that might have used you for the handiwork. And can I tell you, if you stop being jealous and superficial and petty, maybe that while you was getting them ready for somebody else, maybe somebody else was getting somebody ready for you. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you got to stop. And learn how to let some stuff go. He's wallowing in his pity. He's discouraged. Samuel's countenance doesn't look good. He's grief-stricken. But, but this is not the way God intended him to live, his servant to live, and neither has he intended you to live this way. What do you keep crying over that God has rejected? Why do you keep crying over it? God will give you something new if you just learn how to let it go. No matter what confronts us, we are to triumph over all circumstances. God can help us conquer and overcome any tragedy or sorrowful experience. He's willing to help us conquer any and overcome poverty, financial difficulty, the death of 
have a loved one, alcohol or drug addiction, rejection and divorce, loss of employment, failure, a sense of purposelessness, helplessness, hopelessness, emptiness, sin and guilt, the power to overcome and triumph over the trials and temptations, problems and tragedies of this life can be ours through God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Lord will empower us to live victorious lives, conquering all sorrowful tragedies that strikes us. We are to wallow around. We are not to wallow around in grief and despair. Can I tell you something? What Romans told me long time ago. Romans said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pale or sore? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor power nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing. No divorce. No lie. No adulterous relationship. No cancer. No disease. No infirmity. No sin. No shortcoming shall separate me from the love of God. Can I tell you something though? What, what, what got me in the text, Sister Juanita, what got me in the text was this. It said there was a secret anointing of David. Oh, oh my God. They, 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 they anointed David in secret because they didn't want Saul to get upset and kill Samuel. They anointed him in secret. Can I tell you that God is preparing a secret blessing for you that you don't even know about, that your enemy don't know about? Do you know? Let me change this microphone because we're going to have to do something with this one because this one is getting on my last nerve. Hallelujah. Mute this one if it ain't muted. Look here. He, he, he said, look, look. You, 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 get, you Come on now. It's my mic so it shouldn't have to be changed too much. They're, they're, they are secretly anointed David. Oh, they, 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 they hid him in a secret place. Oh, you're going to get that, get that. See, you got to be like Colossians tells us that we got to reach the heavenly places to get blessings. You know why you keep missing your blessing? Because you keep looking too low. You got to look toward the heathen which cometh your help so God can give you his blessing from above. Stop looking down here with the roaches. Stop looking down here with the chicken. You an eagle. You need to start lifting your head up. Anybody in riffraff, anybody in mess, any opportunity wrapped up in mud, is not of God. God is preparing a blessing for you in a secret place. He hides. See, God will hide you in Egypt. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. He'll hide you in Pharaoh's house, Moses, to make sure you get blessed. Oh, y'all don't hear me what I'm saying. Jesus, he'll hide you in Bethlehem. Why they killing folks? Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Oh. He'll hide you in a secret place and get your blessing together while your enemy doesn't even know what's going on. They anointed David in secret. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying, but was it really secret? Ah, you will get that in a minute. David was out keeping the sheep. 
Nobody, nobody thought David was going to be anything. They called Eliab, Eliab. They called Abinadab. They called Shammah. They called all the brothers in front of, of Jesse and Samuel when Samuel went to look for a king. Can you imagine this? David is out there in the field keeping the sheep. His daddy has told him you will never be anything. His brothers have echoed what the dad said. They didn't treat David like he was even a human being. Send him out there to keep a sheep with no weapons. He had to make his own weapon. So when lions and bears and wolves came, he would have been killed if the anointing of God was not on him because they didn't even equip David in the field. And now he's in the field. Everybody's saying he's nobody. And now the Holy Spirit has sent the prophet to make him king. Can I talk to somebody right now that feel like they unnoticed? Before you was in your mother's womb, God already knew you. Before you was a twinkle in your daddy's eye looking at your mama. Before your mama was even born. Before your great granddaddy. Before your mama. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Before the world was founded and formed, he knew you. He already knew what he wanted you to be. He already consecrated you. He already anointed you. It's not a secret. God knew what he wanted for you. He handcrafted you. He made you fearfully and wonderfully. He didn't make you like anybody else in your family. He didn't make you like anybody else in your city because he wanted to set you apart. And when everybody else rejected you, it was so he could hide you in the midst of the enemy so the enemy won't attack you on the spinning wheel. Oh. See, when you're making pottery, that's why God called himself the master potter. If, you, if you're doing pottery, if, you, if, you, if it's on the spinning wheel and, and the pottery is wet, oh, come on somebody, it's more, it's more susceptible to be messed up and, and get ruined while it's on the spinning wheel because it's soft. But, 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 but when you take the pottery after you've already shaped it up and put it in the kiln machine, come on somebody, and you harden it, it's harder for the, for the abstract creation that you made to be ruined because now it has been through the fire. Can I talk to somebody? Some of you all are by yourself, but God is having you in the fire, in the kiln machine to get you ready to make you a hard piece of pottery that he's shaping in his hand. I don't even know what I'm preaching today right now because I'm somewhere else. But he, 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 they, they weren't paying David any attention. They didn't like David. Samuel has to be perplexed. He's already depressed. God, I know you sent me here to find Saul. I done already messed up one time. And now you're telling me, I, I, I don't see anybody. Do you know what I love about the text about Samuel? Even though Samuel was, was, was depressed, even though Samuel felt like he was a failure, he still could hear the voice of God clearly. Oh, come on, somebody. It's been many a day and I came up here sad and preached, broken and preached. Can you still hear God in the midst of your brokenness? Can you hear God when God is saying what you don't want to hear? You know how somebody telling you something, but they ain't what you want to hear. You be like, huh, huh, and you really can't hear them. And they get frustrated, and then you finally hear them because they were telling you something you did not want to hear. And that's sometimes how it is with God. We hear God, but we don't want to listen. Samuel was depressed, had to be perplexed. 
I came in here, you done told me to risk my life, God. Hold on now, God, for real, for real, for real. I can just see this conversation with God. God, come here, don't, don't, don't talk all loud like you be doing, God. Did you t- hold on, Jesse, hold, just hold on. Hold on, Ben and Ab and all y'all, whatever your name is. Come on, man. Hey, God, man, you done told me to look for this prophet and look for this king in this house. Now, Saul, if he find out about this, he going to kill me, man. And, you know, ask him, is it one more child? Okay, okay. Do you got one more child out here? Yes, but he keeping the sheep. And he say, go get him. And I'm sure Jesse was over there like, what in the world? I done gave this joker the big piece of chicken. I done <laughs> brought out this good china. I done gave him the Don Perignon. <laughs> what in the world? <clears throat> I done brought out the good stuff, the grandma, yay, and this joker in here talking about he going to get David. David ain't even my real child. He out there keeping the sheet because his mama won't let him in because she already know they ain't her baby. I don't really know. I'm just talking. I'm just making it. Don't go quote me on that exegetical thing I just said. <laughs> go get him. The minute David walks in the house, God says, anoint him. For this is the one that I want. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. He anoints him. And it's a secret anointing, but it's really not. It's at least seven other, eight, seven brothers plus the daddy. I don't know if the mom was there, but then Samuel. It's at least nine folk that know. Right? I didn't count that way wrong. Eight, at least ten, right? Eight plus two, ten. <laughs> at least ten folk know. Eight folk count David and daddy and the prophet. I don't know if the mom was there and they ain't say she was there or not. No, Jess was mad. He had to cook too. This is the thing. They took the oil and anointed David in front of everybody. But they went away like nothing happened. Why? Because even though he was chosen by God, they didn't accept him. Ooh, can I talk to y'all for a minute? See, some of y'all feel rejected, but it doesn't matter if you feel rejected. If God has chosen you, you just need to get over it because that's because they chose you. God chose you. Don't mean they will accept you. Can I tell you something about a man who was chosen that turned water into wine, that walked on water? Can I talk to you about a man who was chosen that they sold him in the, that they, they took 30 pieces of silver and gave it to Judas to betray him. They wouldn't take the money back because they knew it was innocent blood. Nicodemus sneaked over to talk to him in the middle of the night to let him know that he was the Lord and Lord of King of Kings. When they went to go get him out of the garden of Gethsemane, they bowed down and worshipped him, but still, they still didn't acknowledge who he was. Come on, somebody. And then, not only that, they said, Hosanna, Hosanna, threw palms out at him, let him ride on the coat and said, Lord of the Most High God. But the next week, they put him on the cross so it does not matter 
If you are chosen by God, everybody not going to accept you. And some people that don't accept you, it's not that they don't know. They're not accepting you because they do know. See, you thought your haters hated on you because they thought you was fake. No, your haters hate on you because they know you authentically real. And they know every time they try to put a trap on you, it don't work on you. And every time you walk through the trap that you don't even know about, they get mad that you made it through. Yay, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of my haters. I mean death. His rod and his staff has been comforting you and you don't even know it because he's preparing you in a secret place. Even though it's out loud, it's a secret. They anointed him in front of his brothers, but they didn't accept it. They see your growth. They see you not cussing everybody out every time. They see how you've grown. They see how you've matured. They see how you're going to the next level. But they still don't want to acknowledge that you are really somebody else. So they keep attacking you anyway, even though God is preparing you in a secret place. Oh, Oh, you know what they say? Ears have not heard and eyes have not seen because God is getting it ready in secret. <sighs> but some of you all can get your secret blessing because you won't let go of your synthetic blessing you made. <clears throat> At least Samuel was mourning over something God originally chose. Some of y'all mourning over a joker you chose. Over a job you chose. Over an opportunity you chose. God never had his hand in it. At least Samuel was crying over something he heard from the voice of God. What did you hear? You just heard them heels going down. You just heard that black car go through the slot machine. You just heard that bin start up. You, you just saw that paycheck. Yeah, yeah, missed it. God was mad at Samuel because Samuel was his kingdom connection to the world. Remember, God does not run the world. He runs the church. And the reason why the world's so messed up is because church folk not taking the authority we should. And so now, God is getting frustrated because he said, how long will you more saw? And stop trying to go find my king. God, I told you to go find now. I'm tired of waiting on you. I know I chose him in the beginning, but I rejected him now. Stop whining. And the reason why he wanted him to stop whining because he had to let go of the old so he could give him something new. You cannot put new wine in old wine skins. I don't know why you keep trying to recycle the same dead thing over and over and over again trying to make it new. I need you to get a new wine skin. 
I'm gonna let you put that with however you want to do. Let me let me let me get out of here because I I, I I wrote down this sermon and it was it was beautifully written. And I didn't just start. It's, it's, y'all got we got to get this headset right because this 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 microphone it got a mind of its own. Don't worry, I'm gonna start all over for y'all. Y'all come on, sit down. I'm gonna start all over so y'all can get. No, I'm just playing. I'm just messing with you. David, <laughs> David. This is what this is what's so wild about it. <laughs> David did not let. Is it's, it's, it's some stuff in the inside of that booth? The booth open? Y'all be trying to bring them all the way down here. Some stuff in the, the little rooms, the little glasses. I'm just saying, because I don't want them to be, you know, unless you're going to split them up. Yeah. So, so, so look at this, right? So, I got an usher. Get the lights right at 8 o'clock. I need everybody to check today. Jesus. So, <laughs> y'all don't laugh. Y'all get me in trouble. Shut up. Shut up, man. Y'all get them mad at me. Stop clapping, girl. I told you to find me. What I was talking about? It made me lose my place. Oh, yeah. David was anointed in front of his brothers. But what if he wouldn't have been able to let go the hatred they were looking at him at? You got to say, I don't care about my enemies looking at me crazy. God said he'll prepare a place for me in the presence of my enemy. You better learn how to walk in the presence of your enemy with your head held high and your shoulders up looking into the hither which cometh your help and let your enemy know God has prepared a place for me in your presence. What if David would have worried about how his dad had told him he wasn't going to be nothing? What if he would have worried about how his brothers had been bullying him? What if he would have worried about how they'd been telling him he was an illegitimate child and he was not wanted? He was out there keeping the sheep. What if he would have been remembering how they didn't let him go to the same schools they went to? He walked in the midst and he said, I'm not going to miss my blessing because of my enemy. Some of y'all don't come to church because you don't like somebody that's sitting beside you. Some of y'all don't want to go to your job because the person that work in the same cubicle is you don't like you do they write your check and even if they do write your check who cares the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous and I'm not going to miss my money because you don't like me why am I going to miss my blessing because you don't like me I don't care if you don't like me in fact I'm glad you don't like me because the prerequisite for my blessing is I got some enemies because God didn't say he was going to bless me in the presence of my mama or even my good friends. He said, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I almost want to go look for some haters. You'll receive a hundredfold in this lifetime whip. So why you getting mad? David didn't care. They called him in the house. I'm sure looking at him, you ain't no king, you ain't this, you ain't that. You better stop letting people talk you out of your blessing. See, some of y'all crying about folk tweeting at y'all and Facebooking y'all. You can block them. David walking through his daddy's house with hate. 
David walking through his brothers and sisters with hate. He walking through the, the he walking where even a prophet don't feel like he's supposed to be the prophet. <laughs> if God be for you, who cares who's against you? What can separate you from God? Nobody in heaven, nobody in hell. Come on, somebody. So you can get to heaven or the out my way. Y'all better watch out. Y'all better start telling y'all enemies they can't stop you. This, this, this sermon is too hood for TV. We got to. my white viewers away. I don't want to do that. So many of them watched me. I didn't know at the break. They were like, I watch you. I watch you. Like, for real, like, seven, eight, nine, ten of them were like, I watch you. I'm like, oh, man, I need to tone it down. And I don't know. <clears throat> I must get ready to. <laughs> yes. See, don't let anybody talk you out your blessing and stop dwelling on your old blessing when God trying to give you a new blessing. It's hard for you to grab your real blessing if you keep holding your fake blessing. See, the higher you go, the harder it is to breathe if you're going up a mountain. It's because of the elevation and the air is thinner. And as you're walking into thinner air in the spirit, you can't take old mess with you. Some of y'all trying to carry. Remember in Living Color? Remember Duke? Yeah. Yeah. Jamie Paul had a little dead dog. <laughs> One of them had a little dead dog. <laughs> come on, Duke, come on. That's how some of y'all look. You carrying around dead relationships, dead jobs, dead opportunities, <laughs> dead companionship, and looking just like Jamie Foxx carrying that dead dog. Or was it, I don't know who, one of them, y'all know who I'm talking about. You walking around with a dead dog on the rope, knowing it's dead. It's funny in this, in this comic world, but it ain't funny in your spiritual life. Stop carrying dead things to your next level or you won't make it to the next level. Let me get out of here. Look at him. The greatest See, the problem is why y'all keep trying to make these relationships work that ain't working is because this. The greatest gift in all the world is not a man or woman. See, some of y'all keep trying to make these jobs work that ain't working. The greatest gift is not a job. And I ain't going to say don't try to make this work, but your greatest gift not even your health. Your greatest gift is the gift of God's spirit. When we approach God through Christ, God gives his own spirit in us in the very core of our being. We become indwelt by God's spirit. It is God's spirit who convicts and saves and gives us assurance of salvation. He guides, teaches, protects, and provides the necessities of life for us, meeting all of our needs. What more could you ask a person? 
What more could, could a person ask? It is the spirit of God who empowers us to conquer all the trials and temptations of life, who enables us to live a victorious and triumphant life day by day. Whatever you are putting before God or valuing more than his presence, let it go. Let it go and get in the presence of God because he dwells in the secret place. Reach up to heavenly places. Look, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You got to learn how to reach into heaven and cause the manifestation of heaven to manifest down here on earth. Stop looking in the natural, you Baptist Christian, you. I need you to start looking at the Holy Ghost and stop waiting on Pentecost Sunday and start listening for the Holy Ghost right now. Y'all better talk to me. You got to learn how to let go of some stuff. Let let go of Saul so he can give you your David. Let go of Ishmael so he can give you your Isaac. Let go of Egypt so he can give you your promised land. Let go of your porridge so he can give you your birthright. Let go of your, of your heaviness so he can give you your praise. Let go of death so he can give you life. You better start learning how to let go of some stuff in your life so God can bring a newness to you. You keep looking for man or woman or a job to protect you, but you got to look to the hills of which cometh your help and learn that the great I am is there for you all the time. I know you are a little smarter than Moses, so you ain't just got to call him I am. You got to learn how to call him Adonai, the God of love. You got to learn how to say, look here, I know you my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I'm going to call on you and not that man. Uh, Jehovah Rophe, you my healer. I'm going to call on you and start depending totally on the doctor. You are my Jehovah Nisi, my victory. I don't care who connected to me or not. If they walk away today, baby, I'm still going to win because you are my Jehovah Nisi. Hey, you my Jehovah Mekidesh, my sanctifier. I can set myself apart as long as I walk in agreement with you. I don't need a prophet to preach over me. I don't need a pastor to lay hands on me. I don't need a deacon to tell me I'm good. I'm good all by myself. Hey, ah, you are my Jehovah Shalom, my peace. Peace be still. Hey, call God what you need him to be. Call him what you want to be. My Jehovah the Kishnu, my righteousness, my Jehovah Rohe, my shepherd, my El Shaddai, the God above every other God, my El Elyon, Elohim, Yahweh, Yahshua. I call you whatever I need you to be. My husband, my wife, my sanctifier, my healer, my lawyer, my deliverer, my advocate, whatever I need. I'm going to stop depending on it. I'm going to let it go. Hey, if I could sing like Teddy, I'd say you better let it go. It seems like another kingdom. TKO, I seek ye first the kingdom of God and he shall add all. See, that's where you got to get it. Oh, Seek ye first the kingdom, and he will add all these things unto you. Your house, your car, your man, your lady, your wife, your husband, your house, your job, your career, your healing, your deliverance, your peace, your breakthrough. Ah! 
But you got to let go of what you're depending on. Let go. Some of y'all ain't blessed because you always got to come to pastor. Oh, I need pastor to pray for me. You better let it go. Pastor ain't got to pray for you. Deaconess can pray for you. In fact, you can pray for you. Some of y'all are so caught up in tradition that you're missing your blessing because the church too big for pastor to call you every day. It's all right when you got 50 members. You got 1,500. I can't call all y'all. Better listen to your one call voice message and get on that when I try to say hey to everybody at the same time. I did talk to you. You just didn't listen to the message. And some of them don't even listen to it. They'll call Donna. What, what pastor say? Listen to your message. You silly. <laughs> Donna be getting mad. Why they keep calling me? You left a voice message? I say, yeah. You ain't tell me. Well, they're going to call you anyway. Just don't. Somebody always want to talk to somebody. David wasn't talking to nobody keeping the sheep. Didn't even have a connection with his own family. But God sent a prophet to the house to elevate him. Stop looking for connections all the time. God will connect you to who he want to connect you with. You keep trying to manufacture these blessings. That's why you keep ending up with the wrong job, wrong person. I ain't going to say wrong spouse. Wrong relationship. <laughs> to be quiet. You got to learn how to let it go. Whatever you're depending on above God, let it go. And, and you know, the funny thing about it is, if you let it go, God may give it back. He told Abraham to kill Isaac, but then stopped and said, no, keep it. But are you willing to give up your Isaac? But some of us stuck on our Ishmael. We ain't got the Isaac yet. What in your life do you need to let go so you can get the secret blessing God is making? They anointed David in secret to make sure he didn't awaken the enemy that was coming for him. And you know what I like about God? He, 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 it's not that David went to the throne without any controversy, but he didn't allow David to get hit with controversy until he matured. And as he peeled, pulled the layers back and allowed Saul to see some things, then he went through. But look at this. Look at this, though. Look at this, Brother Organist. He told, he told Samuel to go to Jesse's house. And it's funny, he didn't tell him who he was going to get. See, the problem with us is we walk by sight and not by faith. Remember when he told Abram before he was Abraham? He said, look here, go to a land which I'm going to show you. He said, well, I'm going to show you. Well, just go. He went, didn't even know where he was going. He walked by faith. He told Moses, I'm going to see you to the promised land. Moses said, when are we going to get there? Don't worry about it. You'll get there. Just go. Just go. He told Philip, go over there and walk over there to that chariot. What am I going to do? Just go. Just go to Jesse's house. Oh, what is God telling you to go do? Just go start that business. Just go set up your 501c3. 
Just set up your business. What I'm going to do with it? Just go. Some of you all are messed up because you're missing the first two letters of God's name. Go. You're just sitting still. You can't have God without going somewhere. God is forever moving and flowing. He said the anointing will flow up out of you like rivers of living water. It flows. He always compares himself to something that flows or moves or grows. Some of you all are upset because you thought God buried you. He did not bury you. He planted you. Buried feels the same as planted and planted feels the same as buried until you grow. Because what God is doing is putting you beneath the surface so your enemy can't see what he's doing in you. Some preachers want to preach so quick, but you don't want to preach that quick because you don't want your haters to come out that early. You want God to put you in the dark room and develop you so that as he gets you to a mature level, then you can handle the enemy. The same way he told Job, he told Satan, don't you touch Job lot. Don't you, you could touch his stuff, but don't touch his family. You could touch his family now, but don't touch his, don't touch him. Now you can touch him, but you better not kill him. God knows what you can handle. So if the devil is right there doing it, God is right there protecting you, shielding you. But you know what he's doing? He don't even pay the devil. But the devil is employed to make you better. He's there to buffet you. And when you go from one level in the spirit to the next, you're going to get new devils. Can I tell you this? Can you stand? Do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be blessed? All right. Okay. Now, I know you don't want this, but I need to tell you this. He said, I will bless you a hundredfold in this lifetime with disclaimers, persecutions. I prepare a table for you, but I prepare it in the presence of what? Whoa. I wish above all things that you be processed and in good health, even as your, which means you need to start learning and communing with him. It's a disclaimer to everything God gives you. You're going to grow. But in your growth, it's going to be some pain. I'm going to leave this alone because I know you want to be blessed, but I need you to be able to make it through the test because at the end of your test and your stress, you will be blessed. I promise you that. And it won't just be an ordinary blessing. It'll be a good measure blessing. Press down, shake it together, and run it over.